0: I'm Dr. Orion Teraban and this is PsychHacks: Better Living Through Psychology, and the topic of today's short talk is the limitations of science. So I'm going to be approaching this theme through the lens of this channel. As you may have noticed, I don't often talk about psychological research. I've done a few episodes in which I've discussed some interesting articles, and I've linked those episodes to the articles in question. But I definitely don't back up everything that I say with a citation from the literature and I'd like to discuss why that is in today's episode. The main reason why I don't corroborate all of my claims with empirical literature is because, having conducted a fair share of psychological research in my time, I know how easy it is to lie under the guise of objectivity. As Mark Twain once said, there are three types of lies. There are lies, damned lies, and statistics. The fact of the matter is, is that the vast majority of people do not understand how to interpret statistics, they do not understand how statistical models function, and they do not understand how to evaluate research design. And without these three understandings, the average person is in absolutely no position to evaluate the strength of a given study. And that is because such a person cannot evaluate the biases in the model, the limitations of the analysis, in the assumptions inherent in the design. The average person stands in relation to science much the same way a medieval peasant stood in relation to the Catholic Church. He couldn't understand the Latin, but it was also impressive sounding that it certainly must be true. If I wanted to, I could find a research study that corroborates the claims I make in any given episode. And, if I wanted to, I could find a research study that corroborates the opposite of anything that I claim in a given episode. This is because, dirty little secret, if you understand how to conduct research, you can more or less make the evidence come out the way that you want it to. If you understand how to finagle statistical models, and you know how to manipulate research protocols, you can custom tailor the finding to your study. And this will bamboozle most of the people who aren't about to carefully evaluate the study and make up their own minds. The complaint used to be that people just read the abstracts of articles. Now, they just read the headlines based on the titles of the articles. Contemporary research is also significantly influenced by both funding interests and the publication process. For instance, a non-significant finding, which might be meaningful and important from the perspective of truth, or the progression of pure science, is almost certainly not going to be published in a respectable journal, where there is a strong bias for significant findings. To that end, researchers are heavily incentivized to create studies and to utilize methods that facilitate the identification of statistically significant differences. Keep in mind that a statistically significant difference might not be a meaningful difference to anyone with a head on their shoulders which is also why studies tend to focus on either the irrelevant or the obvious, especially in the social sciences. Most people have no direct experience with the dumpster fire that is the environment within which scientific research is formulated, conducted, and disseminated. When serving on the faculty of psychology departments, I found that even grad students tend to gloss over the methods and results sections of most of the articles that they read. This is because, until you've read hundreds and hundreds of these articles, the methods and results sections of any given paper basically read like, well, medieval Latin. These parts of an article are functionally written in another language, and it takes time and suffering to achieve any degree of appreciable fluency. But if you don't read the language, what happens? You can't tell whether the interpretation is grounded appropriately in the results, You can't tell if the abstract is an accurate summary of the interpretation, and you can't tell if the title is a fair reflection of the abstract. Sure, almost every sentence in the article has a corresponding citation, but did you read all of those articles to determine whether they had any merit? Most of of this is taken on faith. Faith in a scholarship and objectivity that, I'm afraid, may not be warranted. Now, before I go any further, if you're liking what you're hearing, then please consider sending this episode to someone who might benefit from its message, because it's word of mouth referrals like this that really help to make the channel grow. And if you're liking what you're hearing, then please consider hitting the super thanks button. It's those three little dots in the lower right-hand corner beneath the screen. And tip me in proportion to the value you feel you've received from this episode. It's those donations that make all of this possible. So I really appreciate your support. In any case, while I typically do not corroborate all the claims that I make in an episode with a study, I do believe that the vast majority of my claims are at least falsifiable. That is, that a study, at least in theory, could be conducted to substantiate my claims. That said, while I'm not going to lie to you, I'm much less interested in what is factually accurate than what is meaningfully true. Appreciation of this difference leads to two very different conceptualizations of science. On the one hand, you have the cult of scientism, which, with which we are all duly familiar at this point. This belief system is usually practiced by people who have enough knowledge to know that they know some things, but not enough knowledge to know that they know very little. This particular combination can make them very proud. Notwithstanding, they routinely mistake descriptions for explanations, believe randomized controlled trials are the gold standard of truth, and indirectly succumb to arguments of authority all the time. However, that's just one conceptualization of science. On the other hand, you have the, let's say, more humble and eminently more useful conceptualization of science as know-how. The ability to do the thing. I've personally met illiterate and unschooled people who possess a knowledge of reality that greatly outstrips scientific understanding, and this science clearly shines forth in their ability to, among other things, live in prosperous harmony with themselves and others and to attend to the necessities of man, which, if you think about it, are the only legitimate goals of science to begin with. If you can explain it, but you can't do it, then you have a scientific understanding. If you can do it, but you can't explain it, then you have a know-how understanding. Both are forms of science, but know-how is higher. It's the difference between extrapolating the laws of aerodynamics and building an airplane that flies. Ideally, we use the former to do the latter, but that is not strictly necessary. Again, I don't often speak from the perspective of the empirical literature because A, I'd rather not just summarize someone else's ideas. I have some of my own. Thank you very much. And B, because the empirical literature is what we call a shit show. And if you don't understand how that is true, then frankly, you're not in a position to evaluate what you believe from the perspective of science. And I doubt anyone who actually understands the literature will take issue with anything I've said here today. So while I don't often speak here on the basis of empirical evidence, I do often speak on the grounds of my know-how. That is my expertise. This is expertise that comes from, as it were, building thousands and thousands of airplanes. I've seen how people act up close and in confidence, and I know what people generally have to do to achieve their desired outcomes. And there is nothing that I have ever advised a client to do professionally nor anything that I have ever advocated on this channel publicly that I have not first tried myself and found it to be useful in achieving the desired outcome. This is because it is very rare for someone to present me with a problem that I haven't to some degree encountered in my own life. In any case, if the plane flies, maybe I do have a science to what I'm talking about. But hey, don't take my word for it. Try it out for yourself and see whether it works. And remember, If you already knew, you would probably already have the outcome that you wanted. So if your life doesn't yet quite look like the way you want it to, it's good to keep an open mind. You'll find the answers where you haven't already looked. What do you think? Does this fit with your own experience? Let me know in the comments below. And if you've gotten this far, you might as well like this episode and subscribe to this channel. You may also consider becoming a channel member with perks like priority review of comments or booking a paid consultation.